When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You're listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this evening. How are you, Keith? I'm fine, Alan, and it's great to be on our new revamped podcast where we'll be discussing old films that should have won Oscars. I'm going to kick off with Sergio Leone's The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Let's discuss that for the next hour. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> Ty Papula is here. How are you, T? Hello, mate. Yeah, no, I'm not that uh, well. <laughs> well <laughs> Where do you pop- stand on the good, the bad, and the ugly? I mean, it is. It, it's not the best of. It's not the best of the trilogy. Basically, I'd like. Oh, to talk- I totally disagree. Do you think it's better than a few dollars more? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. It's, I mean, you. Um, I've got you down as a Kurosawa fan, so you are aware of the. Uh, the I am the, aware of the controversy. The but going back to films that should have won Oscars, Keith. Yes. Um, the most famous one for me, the most um, when I was just becoming aware of these kind of things, was when Driving Miss Daisy won the Oscar instead of uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Very much so, and you're correct to say that because that that is a great movie. I went to see. Yes. I went to see Do the Right Thing with mm. someone that we go to the Arsenal with, with Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both uh, we were fourteen at the time. Bradley mm-hmm. was the same height as he is now, um, which obviously made him a devil on the rugby pitch. You know, you, you know the guy who's got a beard at thirteen and gets all the seventeen-year-old girls. <laughs> that was basically Bradley. But yeah. he, I, I remember we went to go and see it at Leicester Square. He went and bought the tickets, and I went and stood on my tiptoes trying to look hard over at the poster to try and not look like the fourteen-year-old, uh, four-foot-seven <laughs> person that I was. But we did go and see it, and. Uh, yeah. That was a Spike Lee movie that changed my life. But, yeah, it didn't win an Oscar that year because Driving Miss Daisy won it. I know. There's the trouble with the Oscars. There's a lot of politics. Lads. Lads. Yeah. Lads. Yeah. We can't do this. (laughs) We 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 can't. We can't can't do this. We said we would. (laughs) Let's let's not talk about the elephant in the room. (laughs) For the love of God. We're here. We've gathered here this evening. (laughs) To talk about the Europa League group stages. Right. Okay. Well, yes. That's a very good Michael Caine impersonation. Can you can you do the rest of the podcast? The Europa League. Five out of five. Al. Five out of five. five. I, uh, they played with. They were vibrant. And they were full of uh, youth and vigor and invention. Uh, Ainsley Maitland Niles was marvelous. Eddie and Ketia was marvelous. So was Reese Nelson. Pepe was joining in. Great to see Ainsley back in the in the team, Al, wasn't it? It was. And Elneny played very, very well. Uh, Cedric was excellent at right back. Lacazette scored a worldie. Lacazette smashed one in. Well, nice to see him have a, have a pop. And it swerved about and flew in. And uh, that gave them all a, a lift. And they looked absolutely marvellous. And I was wondering how many of them would get the nod at the weekend. And uh, well, not many. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good move, wasn't it? Hmm. Now, earlier this year, more than 100 Twitter users 
got their accounts hacked into passwords and email address and phone numbers. High profile people like Joe Biden. I think that's slightly it's like misuse of the term high profile. I think if you're the president elect of the United States, that takes you up above high profile. Oh, you're it? way beyond high profile. You're like in the I gods. Mean, high profile, I think, is uh, is Bill Bailey doing Strictly Come Dancing. That's high profile. Yeah. But that's, anyway, uh, Elon Musk, um, he, can, he keeps his details in space, but they got his. Kanye works, and, and not just Twitter, Facebook, eBay, Uber, um, Data can leak passwords, credit card info, which is why I use ExpressVPN to safeguard my personal data online. Hackers can make up to $1,000 from selling someone's information on the dark web. ExpressVPN is an app that funnels your data through a secure encrypted tunnel. It can work on five devices simultaneously. You and your whole family can stay protected. Uh, if a breach can happen to powerful individuals, it can easily happen to you. Well, that, again, let's, let, let's assume that there might... What if there's a powerful individual listening to us, VPN? I mean, we have quite a, a lot of ABC ones on our demographic. Anyway, I won't get well, that well, right. Well, to be honest, it's, <laughs> it's a growing thing, this, this online fraud. And to have protection, I think, is a good thing. I'm definitely signing up for it. There's no shadow of a doubt. Oh, the way you said that, Keith, I could tell... There's something uh, blatantly that we were being paid. To no, do. not any stretch of the imagination. Trust. Watch any watchdog program; it happens all the time. You've got to be protected. It's true. It's true. Yeah, no, you're right. Visit expressvpn.com/tuesday, and you can get three months of uh, ExpressVPN for free. ExpressVPN, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com/tuesday um, to learn more. We're recording this, listener. It's uh, well, it's just about twenty minutes after full time uh, in the Spurs game, and I've I don't know how many years we're going to have this. That this is our worst, absolute worst nightmare coming true. Mm. This is without, without any. There is no part of this that doesn't feature in my worst nightmare. This this, this is Jose Mourinho at Tottenham. And and doing to us what he did for years and years at Chelsea. That. They stunk the place. I laughed out loud when they said, who's your man of the match, Gary? And they've got to give it to a Tottenham player, right? Because they always give it to someone from the winning team. No Tottenham player's touched the ball since about half past five. <laughs> they just they put on another centre-back and then another centre-back. So at the end, they were just heading away crosses. So the one who headed away the most crosses, then they're going on about Hoiberg was outstanding. Hoiberg was marvellous. What? what? Fouling Lacazette lying in the grass. They don't play football at all. But what? I don't know. I don't want to go on like I did last week. But this is so Arsenal. This is so absolute peak Arsenal that you know that the single most dangerous combination in the Premier League at the moment is Harry Kane to Son. And about what minute of the game was it when Son scored? Oh, was it... 15, 20, something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, we, we'd had a, had a good period up until then, yeah. But then, so we've given him 40 yards of green grass to run into, allowed Kane to turn and ping one out to him and off he goes and all our defence back off and Bellerin falls over and Holding's 10 yards away. No, he'd go, oh, well, it's a good finish. He's going to shoot. He's going to shoot. 
He's going to shoot. He is going to shoot. Don't, never mind the, the guy, the overlapping left back. He's not passing to him. And if he does, there's no one in the middle. He's going to shoot. Don't let him go one nil up because I've got to watch this. I've got to watch this till half past six. And they're going to, it's going to have to just sit here and watch them soak it up. And then they did it again. Another break. Four against, four against two. Yeah. We had Peter Drury and uh, Andy Townsend where we are. And um, as soon as Son got the ball, it's brilliant. And Peter Drury went and, uh, and Holdings... In, yeah, you know. And Holdings... In, he goes, Holdings in trouble here. And he backed off and he backed off. And Bellerin was cu- Bellerin was kind of covering back. I mean, it's the very... I don't know how harsh it is to, to, to look for some criticism um, there. But, well, Holding holdings... pointed to the runner. He wanted Bellerin to take the runner, take the left back. The Bellerin ends in two minds. And then he tries to check and come across to block the shot. He's too far away to block it. And then he fell Leno's over. Leno's too far over. I mean, so, look, it's a great shot. Leno, um, Leno's a little bit over. But and the, it's... never mind. By the point, the time he hits the shot, it's too late. We've mm. fallen for it. They have got one trick, one tactic, one tactic. Ball to Kane, pass out into the left wing into acres of grass for Son. That is their only tactic. He might shoot on his own. He might wait for Kane to jo- eventually get there, huffing and puffing, and then he'll set him up and he'll absolutely leather it into the back of your net. That is their only tactic. You've only got to stop that one thing because we're better than them in every other department. Apart from there was one player who looked like he would be a perfect fit in their leaden midfield and their dull centre-backs, and that was Granit Xhaka. And I can't, (laughs) honestly, I cannot understand for the life of me how that lively, sparkling midfield that played against Rapid Vienna of El Nenny and Maitland-Niles and then later on in the game, Ceballos was replaced by this dead weight. There was a moment when Ceballos came on and he was in possession and Jack is standing in front of him, just sort of in the way, about 10 yards in front of him, just in the way, getting in the way so we can't get a little ball through to anyone. Jack is just standing, walking around in the way get out of the way he kept going in front of Sabias. you want Sabias up the pitch you want you on halfway mate. I think it was um it was a uh, the die was uh cast pretty early on I think was it the se- I mean second or third minute when Shaka just hauled down I mean it was you know the yellow card is waiting to happen I think you mentioned it in the group Keith that you said the, this the silly, I think you said the silly bollocks is going to get a red but like from the third minute he hauled down in that really uncomfortable, bad tackle way that he does, one of their players. Then he did it again. And he's so flat-footed these days. And it is beyond comprehension why he's starting the game and what he's he's offering. And it was really, really so painful that we got... Thomas Partey came back sliding in to make a tackle and then has obviously pulled a muscle, whether it's the same one... And he's been brought back too soon, which he felt like might be the case. Mm. He's not really ready. Hundred percent. And then, uh, and that's, and then uh, they said the coach absolutely. That he's obviously so distraught about it. He's walked to the side in knowing he's off. But the game's going on behind you, Thomas. You've got to sit on the grass. You've got to lie on the grass, screaming as though your legs been coming off. So that the ref thinks you're actually dying, and then he'll stop the Arteta game. You got him back on. Arteta pushed well, him back on. I know he pushed him back on. What he should have done was tripped him up. <laughs> but this is a sign of how desperate we are if we're bringing back Partey, you know, before he's but you ready. Saw, but mean, you saw, Keith, you saw why we try, why we tried to bring him up because there was that little 
There was a little run which yeah. there was a little run. Oh, he's a look, brilliant player. You can see he's it. a magnificent player. See player. the difference a player like him makes in the middle if he could actually mm. play for us. The fact that he's got le- the leaden-footed uh, Shaka next to him isn't is, isn't his fault. And why to be ha- fair to why Sabah, has he though? Well, why has he? Because well, I mean, I cannot the understand. The argument will be it. Al. The argument will be experience. But but Shaka doesn't actually offer any cover, any defensive cover anymore. Did you hear uh, Graham Souness at half time? Did you see him? No, I didn't. And they're an excellent pundit pairing, Scott and Sunes. They're fantastic. They should have their... He was saying about Xhaka, he's been here six or seven years. I don't know what he is. Right. Yeah. He was, say, he was saying what... Def, he was, what he was saying was what a defensive midfielder should be doing. So when we get caught out four against two on the break for the second goal, Xhaka is 20 yards behind Lo Celso. He is not keeping an eye on that situation while we're on the attack. He is not. And it's, that's what he said. He said, I don't know what he is. Is he, a, is he an attacking midfielder who think he wants to go and, but he doesn't make any assists or get any shots off? Or is he a defensive midfielder who's going to take some responsibility in case it breaks down and be there, be the one to stop it? And he's neither. Hmm. He's neither of those things. I'm crying out for Maitland-Niles and El Nini. I was crying out for an Unai Emery half-time double sub. I now I really think I don't know what you think. I really want someone else to have a go now. Us, not the manager. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the player. There are players yes. now who deserve to have a go. And Ketchia, when he came on lively straight away, I like Cedric at right back. I want make the Nars in the team. I want El Nenny in the team. I'd like Reese Nelson to get some minutes. Give some other people yeah, a go is, because this is not working. It's not working. But the problem is, it takes me back to I was thinking about it this week. I think I'd still probably have. Selly, Hillier and Morrow are at the age they are now in that midfield than the one that we're going to start the next game with. Do you know what I mean? But you remember when we used to sit there and try and decide who the good one was? You've just reeled off a load of players though, Al. And we do need a change, but none of them are good enough either. There is, you know, the systematic, the fundamental problem. None of them are good enough. What do you mean? Well, none of them are... Well, hang on. Joe, I think Joe, actually, okay, no, look, they are. I think they are actually I disagree. Good what is the point of them... Really busting a gut in the Europa League and because showing the, that they can because do it's it. the okay. I'll give you. Uh, I know it's the Europa League, but we, let's Europa see League. them do it against Burnley. Then. No fair. Because I re- you know. No fair enough. You got a point. Fair enough. But I would say, Joe, like Joe, Joe Willock. You know, through no fault of his own, plays more games than he should do for the first. See, team, I said. The first I team. said. No, I said no. I said Cedric Maitland Niles and El Nenny. I'd like to see them play. And you've just said to me they're not good enough. I think they're better than what's in the team at the moment. And I, they all played really well Thursday and deserve a shout. Now, maybe today he doesn't, he doesn't want to put them in today, but now we're at a point where someone's, someone else has got to have a go. Reese Nelson, Willian's got to have a couple of games on the bench and someone else has got to have a go because we are now losing every week. I agree. Maybe maybe we've had a bad time of it because we've had four of the top five away from home already. So you could say the fixtures have been a bit harsh. But on the other hand, we've lost our own to Villa, Wolves and Leicester. I agree that the players on the pitch aren't good enough. I would also um, suggest, and, and, with, and should be changed, but I'd also suggest that changing wholesale like that is, we just don't have, I don't think we've got good, good enough players at the club. And It's not wholesale, so it's three. That, well, I said three. You said, it's not wholesale. And it's not that the players on the pitch aren't it's not, it's not that the players on the pitch aren't good enough. 
It's that the players on the pitch are dreadfully short of confidence. Actually, today, they put in a fairly decent performance. But if you go behind against the Mourinho team in that sucker punch way like that, you've fallen into the trap and the rest of the game, you might as well not bother coming out because that's, that's what's happened. And he's, tur- he's turned Tottenham into that. And they, honestly, that was ridiculous that second half. They just sat on their 18-yard line and headed things away. They could win the league like that, maybe, because they have got, they're kind of Lampard and Drogba in Son and Kane. And they've got a lot of muscle and a lot of power. And that's what he always puts out on the pitch. Well, Tottenham are a team who know what they're doing. And they've got two really on-fire strikers where we, our strikers are misfiring. Well, they're not even... There's nothing there. And I am with you, Alan. I think we should put the, some young players in there. Because what the, we, this isn't the, a bad run for... It's not just losing. We're not having shots. We're not attacking. It's the body language. And the players, if those players are not doing it, and this Ozil situation is a joke. And I heard somebody say, is he not playing because they've said hi on Bob because he upset China? Well, who's running that club? Beijing or Arteta? I mean, because if that is the case, this is stupid. We've got a man who could open up defences and he's he's not playing. Well, tell us why. Tell us why he's not playing. Then well, that will put it to bed. But... He should be in that team. Yep. And if he plays badly, then great, fair play. We'll say, well, Arteta was right then. You know, but Christ almighty, we're running out of games. We are in a relegation fight now. There's no two ways. You can't go, oh, no, no, we're not we're too good to go down. If we lose yeah, against yeah, Burnley uh, next home match... It's <laughs> it's fair to say that the next two games are must-win matches because what what starts to happen is is like the water going down a plug hole. The confidence goes to such an extent, and then if, if you're in those sort of fixtures, we don't have the mentality or the players to deal with that. So we do need to sort it out. We're fifteenth in the league. I felt today. I just felt like you cannot, 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 cannot be caught on the break like that by a Mourinho team. That is so lame and naive. Mm. And somebody needed to. So I couldn't understand it. I was, I'm hugely impressed by the lads at the back, and, they, and the our goalkeeper was playing on halfway second half, and Partey went off. But Sabias came on. Maybe he should have started with Partey and Sabias. I'd like that as a combination. Maybe I, I, I shouldn't just, have started with Partey. The fact they were bringing back. Rushing hmm. back, our right. new signing, our midfielder, who we all told was when it was supposed to be out until January. Party should be played to us. I mean, I'm I, like everyone was pleased to see him on the team sheet, hoping for a miracle, but that didn't happen. Why are we having to do that? Why, why, why are we having to push uh, half fit players? Why are we talking about players which I still maintain who aren't? They're better than you know. They're better in the Europa League, but they're not better. But they're not right for the Premier League. We don't have enough good players at the club anymore. You know, you've got Saka busting the gut. You've got Tierney, who's arguably, who looks like he's too good for us these days. You know, um, every time I looked up from behind my from behind the sofa or behind my fingers, Willian was trying to do that. Willian was trying to take on someone and well, get him I know, done. So you're just, right. But what, well, this is what I'm saying to you. It's time to give someone else it a go. It's time to give someone else a go. I agree. Isn't it? It's time to give someone else a go. Because on Thursday night, they... They played really well. I'm worried about the people you give a go. Do you, are you going to play Reese Nelson today against? Yeah, why not? Mm. Why not? Why are you so down on these kids? I want to see them play. I don't think I'm in the camp now where I don't really want to see the older players who've got no confidence who aren't doing it. What I'm saying to you, as I understand that team selection today, I get it. But we still got caught out through naivety, even with all the experienced players on the pitch. 
And amazingly, Maitland-Niles, two years ago, was good enough to play central midfield against Manchester United at Old Trafford. And he had an outstanding game. And you remember there was this conversation between him and Paul Pogba at the end, where Pogba was clearly saying to him, good game, mate. I enjoyed that. And we thought we had a player, and he has not been trusted to play in midfield for Arsenal since, until Thursday night. And he was superb. Absolutely superb in there, alongside El Nenny. So we, we have got people, it's time to give someone else a go. These players, are, they're trying their hardest, mix it up, drop a couple to the bench, try a couple of other people, use your subs more imaginatively. Don't get fixed on this 11, because this 11 isn't Agreed. Do you remember the Everton game? Do you remember the Everton game last year when uh, Lundberg did just that? And we all applauded it before you shook up, shook it up, put in all the kids. And I think, you know, that very, very sterile nil-nil, I think it was. And look, I want the kids to be good enough. Of course I do. I just, maybe I'm being pessimistic, Al and Keith, but I just don't, I don't know if, I don't think it's fair on them that they're playing the games that they are. They're too close to the first team. Wasn't he on loan in Germany? What club was he? He was on loan in Germany for a a long time. And he did really well there. Reese Nelson, he was on loan at Hoffenheim. He played very well for us. Hoffenheim? He he was always going to be the player who suffered the most from from Willian turning up. And and, uh, a lot of people raised questions about Willian turning up. And I particularly took a very positive approach to it and we could still see the talent there again it's so difficult because today it's such a bad example this is a, a Jose Mourinho team built around these superstar forwards who punch two holes in our defense and then they sit on it and so it's really really difficult to score Chelsea couldn't score against them last week Manchester City couldn't score against them Tottenham in that game had four shots and scored two. Man City had 24 shots, you know. In this game, Tottenham didn't have a shot in the second half. They just stayed in their own half. So it's not a typical game. But we are now facing a run of fixtures where we've got to start accumulating some points and get up this table. 44 crosses, though. 44 crosses. A lot of crosses. crosses. We won the one, or two, one or two of them were all right, and Lacazette got a couple of little flicks and headers, but no one's having a shot, are they? I mean, why is it so difficult to work an work an opening to get a shot off? Well, this is—I mean, if you're going to play uh, Jacka, I mean, this is a guy who, when he does score, he scores normally from 25, 30 yards. Well, why do if if we can't get shots in from the penalty box? Well, what? Go on, yeah, great lump. At least felt one at the goal. I, but I think he should be. Dro- I think he should be dropped next week. Oh, absolutely. I think Elneny and Maitland-Niles should play in midfield if Partey's not fit. Or you can play uh, Danny Ceballos and Elneny because it, 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 two, all, all three of them. Just put them all in there and say you're the best three midfield players we've got at the club. While Thomas says go and be uh, a three-man midfield, and we want to play four-three-three. Let them do it. Hmm. It's. But there's, there's a, a, an attitude around the club. I don't like that. I mean, on Facebook, Arsenal put out some, some a video of the Arsenal players in training and they're celebrating nutmegging one another. I'm thinking, you've got nothing to smile about after that defeat against Wolves. I want to see if, if well, you're training. Uh, I want some serious heads on. Listen. And they come out with stuff like, this game is a turning point. And once again, we fucked it up. And But I, I, you're right about all, uh, all of that. But I, I'm... Perhaps I feel like a lot of older fans of lots of clubs think the, the, the social media, Instagram, Twitter feed, constant. Yeah. That is such an embarrassment to the football club. Yeah. And there seems to be, just because you can post doesn't mean you should. 
I'm a season ticket holder of a long standing and I have absolutely zero interest in seeing photographs of the players training or video of the players training or reading about what they think about the upcoming match and getting an email from the club saying, Alan, it says, Alan, here's, uh, here's our look forward to the weekend's game. Top five goals against so-and-so. We remember this game. And said, no, don't give a shit about any of it. I've got no nil interest. And all of those people who are running this social media department that's so important, all of that turns me off. And, and But it's, it's just part of the modern it's part, it's, game, exactly, isn't it? Exactly. It's part of the modern game. I know, game. but they're deluded. It's this delusion, it's this image that everything's all right, everything's yeah, fine, we're doing well. I completely agree. Like, no, we're not. I don't want to see our players smiling when nah, they're training like little... they've been beaten by wolves. I don't want to see any crap. I don't want to see... Interviews with players going, oh, we're going to be doing this. What should they? No, that, what should they? What should they do? Walk. I mean, look, that's a, well, they should shut. It's up. a bit. It's a bit showing at the sea. No, if like I'm not into it, I don't look at it either. But it's um, it serves a very important purpose in 2020. That's just it's just what it is. But what we want to well, see is what we want to see. The replies we want to see. We want to see action. You know, we want to see it on the pitch. You know, we're, look, if I you mean, see what they re- people reply back, it isn't positive. Nah, fair enough, but then people don't posit... Um, well, uh, no, no, uh, no, T, we're not part of it at all, mate. We're part of, what we try to do is have a laugh about football and, uh, and, and have a, uh, we're not part <laughs> of it at all. And it's not essential to have an enormous social media presence and a continually ludicrously upbeat tone and referring to the players by nickname. It, it, it's, it's embarrassing... And it's a distraction for the players and the squad and for everyone, even if it distracts them 5% from just concentrating on getting better and improving. It's embarrassing, all of it. Well, we agree on that. It is certainly been embarrassing mm. this week and it's going to be a very, very well, long I mean, week. This, I t- this, I mean, I was listening to the last week's podcast, which I thought was very funny. And, you know, I was hoping that we'd get a crumb of comfort from Damien. And there's a man who could be on the Titanic and he'd go, well, it's not so bad. I go, what do you mean it's not so bad? I, I've seen me. bigger icebergs. <laughs> yeah. They go, well, at least the water's calm. Calm? It's freezing cold. You wouldn't last 10 seconds in there. And he'd still be up me. And even he was, I was hoping for a raft of comfort, but there was nothing, even from him. I mean, there's a man who could be in the trenches of the First World War and go, oh, everything's okay, chaps. No. Even he was distraught. Oh, that's how, that's where we are now. When Damien is in the dumps, we are really in trouble. Trust me. <laughs> okay, gents. Uh, I have to uh, introduce you to the Manscaped. We have a Manscaped uh, product alert, uh, the Weed Whacker Nose and Hair Trimmer is in the Excellent. UK. I don't know oh. if they think... I think that might be for our age group or your age group. I think group, it's any age group, really. well, mainly my age group. But no, actually, I think any age group. Nobody wants to see nostril air, Alan. It doesn't look good on anybody at all, and I'd recommend the weed whacker to anybody. It's good. There's really not a lot you can do with nose hair, is there? Well, I mean, other it, than shake you can't it out. dye it or plat pat. You've got to get shot of it. And uh, they've sent me one of these. And it works. And it doesn't even hurt. I thought it would hurt. No. It's, but it doesn't. It's, 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 uh, the, it's the Rolls Royce <laughs> of uh, nose trimmers, to be honest. It, it provides proprietary skin-safe uh, technology, uh, which prevents nicks, snags and tugs. It has a 9,000 RPM motor, a 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It has an intelligently contoured design, a powerful rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 mm. minutes 
Although that really, I think you've got some psychological issues if you're putting this up your nose for an hour and a half. Mind you, I might have preferred to do that than watch that, <laughs> watch that match. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever ever pulled your nose there out with your fingers? Oh, don't, well, don't I've do had that. the Turkish wax job with the two uh, the wax up the nostrils and they pull it out. And trust me, that's <laughs> not good and you'll be surprised. So a weed whacker is what you want, really. <laughs> That's You're absolute, absolute raging masochist. Yeah. Uh, get 20% off and free shipping with the code Tuesday at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code Tuesday. Go whack your weeds. How did you feel? How did you feel when uh, when, <laughs> when uh, Bellerin uh, did that foul throw in the first half? <laughs> well, there's a if you, a professional footballer should never be able to do a foul throw. Well, of course oh. not. He, he's done about five this season. Yeah. I like to think that's why he was substituted finally. Just like, this can't happen anymore. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Tierney's trying to throw it from, is trying to do his, a, a bullet throw. Um, he's been the one the ray of sunshine. He's been great. He's been great. He's been great. He's, he's got Arsenal Saka too as well. And like, yes, much of though, course. Much as though I've been down on Sabayas, I mean, he actually came on today and... I don't know. Did he make an effort? It felt like, I don't know if that's in comparison to everyone else. It felt like he was making an effort, um, trying to drive things, drive, drive things forward. Yeah, but of I'm, course I'm, he does. But he's still, well. he's unable, he's still unable to play higher up the pitch because Xhaka goes and stands in the wrong place. Oh, Xhaka doesn't, he stands in front of him. So he looks up and his available pass is Xhaka. So he gives it to Xhaka, who either gives it back to him or passes it backwards. Get out the road. Let him get higher up the pitch, like he did against Vienna, where he was around the, the edge of the final third, trying to pick holes and get little balls through. Let him do that job. You get out of his way. Mm. El Nenny would be out of his way. You know, it was very noticeable in the game on Thursday that Maitland-Niles was on the ball a lot and El Nenny letting him get on with it. El Nenny, that's the kind of player he is. And then when Sabias came on, Sabias wanted to take over and be the kind of more creative of the two. And Maitland Niles sat back and they got on with it like that. And they worked it out. But Jacka always wants to kind of be the dominant figure in there. And it is. He slows it down at the wrong time. He doesn't have an eye for a party. He doesn't create a single chance. He doesn't get a single shot off. And he gets in the bloody way. I just think, get him out of there. For God's sake, get him out of there. Get Ainsley on or get Elneny on. Get Ainsley on, please, because we're desperate for a goal. And he's capable of selling a dummy and playing a one-two and causing chaos. He caused chaos against Vienna. Mm. At least it's something that stops them, just this lumpen, regimented load of Roman centurions that Tottenham have got back there. Just Oh, my God. How about all the fouling and the falling down and the time wasting? It so it took me back in the most painful way, and it shows how long we've suffered this for with Mourinho to the 2007 League Cup final. Was that the start? Where of we it? Uh, we played the kids and Walcott scored his first goal. We got the kids that got us to the final. And Wenger let them play the final. Mourinho put out the first team. They were reigning champions. And it, and we got ahead, but Drogba scored two, got the better of Senderos, but he got the better of everyone, didn't he, in those days? Mm. And then, once they're 2-1 up, they just killed the game dead. The game had stopped. It wasn't a game of football anymore. It was a game of shirt-pulling and falling down. Shirt-pulling and falling down. In the end, I think we got two red cards. It just kicked off massively because everyone was sick and tired of the little tugs. That, and then when they went down, they'd stay down. And then there'd be another break and another break in play and all of that. And we'd seen it before when he was at Porto, then Chelsea. And now Tottenham are doing it. 
Tottenham are doing it, lying in the grass on their own pitch. Where's glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur and all that? Oh, they've... Spurs fans don't give a shit. They don't care at all if they stink the league out. They they are they couldn't care less. They really think it's going to happen, and they might be onto something. And all we've got to hope for, what are we hoping for? Chelsea or Liverpool winning it instead? This is a horrible set of circumstances. And at the same time, with the plus that we're hoping that we're going to stay up. I mean, we've got the January window coming up and we'll probably be like Steptoe and something, for anyone who doesn't know it, two rag and bow men <laughs> on a horse and car with a banging, a, banging a bell looking for scrap. And that's our, that'll be our January window. And that's where, that's where we are. We'll go up, people will come up, just, oh, uh, uh, what you got? Uh, well, oh, I'll tell, I've got a I'll couple of left backs you can have. I'll tell you what, Keith, you know, in our <laughs> traditional position, we normally have someone, do we not? Uh, around Chelsea's bins in every transfer window, yeah. and if they find if they find Olivier Giroud in one of Chelsea's bins, would you have him back? I'd have him back. Well, all I'd those crosses, all those crosses, he could get on the end yeah. of that. He's having a he's having an Indian summer. He's doing his bit to try and get his Euros his, his Euro place again. Yeah, but, but the problem who, is, who can we sign the from... Deadwood? Who can we sell though? I don't We've think got Chelsea... so much crap to get rid of. I don't first. think Chelsea have got anyone over thirty left for us to have though, have they? <laughs> I got an email at half time from James Rennie Brown. Good evening, gents. Uh, <laughs> is Keith doing any archery? I was just thinking it could be valuable uh, because he could deliberately miss the target and take out Granite Jacker. Well, <laughs> funny enough, I, I was actually shooting today and I knew the day wasn't going to go well because I tipped up and I thought I was going to have to field more or less to myself. I was using my new bow, which is all red. And then I got lumbered with one of the most tedious, boring men in living history who just is like an energy vampire. And I just thought after this, I know that the rest of the day ain't going to go well. It's not going to go well. Rather like Shaka himself. What did you think about that? Um, It felt, I don't know, again, maybe we're just looking for stuff that wasn't there, but that that Aubameyang took an extra extra touch. um, The closest he came to a goal today. Um... That is someone who's shot, really, for the time. There was anyway. a moment when he had, he had a chance, didn't he? Was it Alderweireld? He was one on one with Alderweireld, yeah. and but and really last hesitant. season you're thinking, you're really thinking that's a goal. He's he's going to do a little thing with his foot that's just going to move him move off, it, uh, just off. It'll just move the weight of the defender from one foot to the like other. Like the Man City goal. And then and then bang it in the net, but it's it's gone, it's gone, Do isn't think, it? It's the confidence against, is gone. Would you play him against Dundalk to try and see if he gets a couple of goals out there, get his get the mojo back again, or, or you don't risk him? I know it's a good idea, but I still think you, he's a player that, that he's got to play through it, hasn't he? And yeah, yeah. He's trying Lacazette in a, in a new position and. Uh, it, it worked all right against Vienna. He couldn't get any change out of Hoiberg today, but he's, he's more involved in the game, at least, than he was against Wolves. They did look like they cared. I mean, I've read that they all had a big row at the training ground. Did you read all this stuff? And that they had a clear-the-air meeting, and and and, uh, and then, the, then the players had another clear-the-air meeting, which got a bit nasty, apparently, but... And now they're all on the same page. And they started the game on the front foot, hungry, closing down, chasing, doing all the stuff that they did before. But then they absolutely fell for the Kane Son hmm. sucker punch. It, I mean, how could they fall for that? <laughs> well, how could that not year. be at the forefront of their minds? 
if we're attacking, for God's sake, we need four men on Kane and Son, two on each. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Leno in goal. The other six of you get on with it, try and score a goal. But we need to watch these blokes like a hawk because they are the only threat. The only threat that they have. That is their one tactic. Well, if you would have thought in today's situation, Tony Adams would have looked at Son. As soon as he started making a, a run, it would have been a shoulder barge. He would have been off the pitch. And it wouldn't have been a nasty tackle, just the shoulder barge. How come Shaka? How come Shaka never makes one of his pointless tackles when there's a point? When to you him, need it. When you need yeah. him to. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, like the one, the one he got booked for today. What was that? Pathetic. Right when we're absolutely desperately needing a goal and the clock's running down and he goes down near their byline and kicks someone. He's a colossal idiot. He's got to be dropped. I've had enough of it. It's really ridiculous now. He slows the play down. He can't contribute at either end of the pitch. And we have got players around the club who deserve a go in there. Yeah. And I'm thinking particularly of Maitland-Niles, but also Elneny deserves a go in there. Was Elneny on the bench today? I didn't see. Was he on the bench? He was, yeah. Right, okay. Oh, why didn't he they was. make a change? Jesus Christ. I don't know. He's really fixated on Xhaka. It's like he reminds him of himself. Can we, I don't know can what we, it is. Can we, can we talk about Arteta? Arteta? Well, we, it's going to have to come up because, as I say, if we lose against Burnley and Southampton two home game, the pressure's on. You know, well, the pressure's on now. Recent Arsenal <laughs> managers have been slaughtered for less, basically. Um, yes, he could walk himself. No, he won't I mean, he's, he's not going... There's no way, no way on earth he's going to walk and there's no way on earth they're going to sack him either. He's going to be there for the rest of the season. He needs at least two more windows. But I can see us finishing in the bottom half. I can see that happening. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, there are some piss-poor teams below us. But, you know, West Brom got murdered today by Crystal Palace and they look pretty nailed on to go down, don't they? Well, they went down to but 10 men, the, I heard. I was listening to that the, game. The I'm fact doing. that we're looking down there and seeing what their form's like <laughs> for Arsenal is so awful, <laughs> isn't it? And the, the idea that Tottenham could win the league for the first time in 60 years under Jose Mourinho playing this god-awful football and we finish 15th in the turnaround. I was, when we were younger, Keith, you know, the rivalry between the two clubs was quite even. Yeah. You know, they'd have a few good years. Then we'd have a few good years. Then they'd have a few. Mm. For a while in the 80s, we were kind of up around there to get, in, get into cup finals and the, the, the games were even. Yeah. And then under Wenger, we just left them for dead. Absolutely ran away from them. And and then it got a bit ugly, didn't it, the rivalry? Because their fans hated us so much and we were really smug. And then we took Sol Campbell and it got really, really ugly. And now this is really this is the first time in my in my life where they have been streets ahead. They are top, mm. and we are fifteenth. Let's not dress it up any other way. Mm. Let's not talk about the points gap or anything else. We are losing every week, and they are winning every week. They lost on the opening day to Everton, a, a little bit of a sucker punch, one nil, wasn't it? Defeat. But other than that, I mean, my mate who's a Spurs fan texted me. Reminded me that when they were three up against West Ham, they managed to lose. <laughs> but that was, seems to me that that might be the last Spursy result. <laughs> well, that was actually that result done them a favour because that was the boot up their arse that they needed. And every team that wins the Premiership has one of those days, and then they go on. They, it's either the catalyst to go actually that's never going to happen again, or they fall apart. And we, 
with Tottenham. I think that's one of those things. Well, that I, go, that's never do you not again. think, if we apply ourselves against Burnley, the way we did against Rapid Vienna and the way we did today, and, and we make, I think, a, two or three changes in the side yeah. to bring in a couple of the, some of the people from the Europa League team who'd be playing very well, who are fresh, who could take over from people who have lacking confidence and have played a lot of games, that we could certainly get six points from the next two matches. Because we've we got good players. We look so good against Rapid Vienna. I know it's Rapid Vienna. But when they're confident and they click and it's one and two touch and it's done at pace, you can see it's there in the club. Today wasn't the day for that to happen unless we get the first goal. <laughs> You know, unless we get a first goal, we can't. I can't believe they fell for it. It just killed me to see it. Did you well, see it's um, just lack of intelligence on our part? Did you see that? Um, not much has been made of it because it sounds probably sour grapes. But Harry Kane did that thing he does where he backs into In Gabriel. Into Gabriel, and Gabriel goes. That was a bad foul over the top of him. Yeah, it's not, that, that was a nasty, was, nasty yeah, foul. He does that a lot. Doesn't he? he does it a lot. Mm. It was really naughty. He, got a he does it a for lot. It a few came. weeks ago, didn't he? There was a big yeah. debate about it, didn't he? Um, on the edge of the box, and he holds his head. But you know, he's going. He's going into it. He took Gabriel out there. He absolutely took him out, and that could have been a serious injury. And he, and it's a classic case of the England captain never gets in trouble. But that then, of course, he stays down. Oh, I've hurt my head. Yeah. But the guy's jumping and you got, you barge him while he's jumping so he lands on his back or his shoulder or his neck. We, that's, that's just a sick thing to do and he does it a lot. We saw it famously with, who was our right, who was our right back who did his shoulder um, on Outovich did it? Because that kind of off balance, it was, it was different. Uh, Debussy. Yeah. yeah. But that kind of, pros know, pros know what they're doing there. Do you know what I mean? Harry Kane knows that it's a cheap way of getting... Well, a cheap foul when you can do a serious injury to someone. But anyway, yeah, it, does, it does sound sour. I realise that. But it's also Harry Kane, so sod him. Ed, Ed Adams has emailed and has suggested 54321 by Manfred Mann <laughs> for an Ainsley Maitland-Niles song. Which is a, yeah, so it goes, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Which is uh, quite good fun, but you can't get in the team. <laughs> Can't he get in the team? This is a guy who was fantastic in the cup final. He's been, you know, picked for England. I mean, what's what's the what's the problem? It's, it's, I haven't seen any distinct lack of form on his part. You know, seen a few for the rest of them. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, there's a few people emailing me about uh, Teddy Sheringham. Oh god, that's not uh, in the mood. Uh, uh, Jason has emailed to say. Uh, it was the early to mid-90s, and we often used to see a father and his middle-aged son at Highbury. They were a couple of characters, you could say. Anyway, we're walking along Avenal Road on a match day, and we walked past them, and the son said, Yeah, Dad, come and say hello to Teddy Sheringham. And we looked round, and he was standing over a huge steaming pile of freshly laid horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a good old laugh in a very immature way. <laughs> Well done, sir. It's a classic. Uh, do you want to uh, play spot the commentary? Yes. Do you want to have a go at that? Yeah, come on. This, come is, on. this is what I've been looking forward to. We are falling into the Arsenal territory of going back in the past to try and lighten the mood of here. Uh, 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 oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> it's our desperate attempt. Okay, here we go. Try this one. 
Maitland Miles to Podolski. Podolski running down centre field, prods it towards Sonogo. Sonogo back to Lucas Podolski, who's in. It's 4 1. And it's a rare right footed finish from Lucas Podolski. Remember that goal? 4 1. Yes. I think. Maitland Niles. Oh, and then, recent, then isn't it? Podolski plays a 1 2 with Sonogo. God. I was going to say FA Cup against um, Coventry City, but no. 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 And Maitland Niles was playing. Yeah, well, I, think, I think he called him Ainsley Maitland Miles. Actually, <laughs> in the commentary, that one's, that one's done me. Well, that's that's some time yeah. ago. So yeah, it was some time ago. It was 20, it was December the ninth, twenty fourteen, almost to the day, uh, six years ago, and it was Lucas Podolski's second goal in a four one win against Galatasaray. Oh. And um, uh, the reason that it was in my mind is because. Last week we had Aaron Ramsey's goal. Yes, yeah. and it was it was the same one as as that. I'm going to try. How old was Maitland Niles? He must have been about. He six. was 17 years old. 17. I think it was his. I think it was his first game or maybe his second game. 17. Wow. 17 years old. Yeah, pretty amazing. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to play you another one. Let's try this one. Here's Graham Ricks. And here's Price, and the goalkeeper caught in two lines. And Price gets in for really the simplest goal to put Arsenal ahead. David Price. God. David Price, yeah. Steve. Well, David Price. He didn't score many goals. No, but do you remember that one? No, I don't. No. I mean, I, oh, I, mean I, I definitely don't. Oh, it's not David working. Price. I'm not even sure you were born. God, Steve. He would be better. He'd be better than Jacker, wouldn't he, David Price? <laughs> Uh, that was a goal he scored against Tottenham uh, on the 30th of August, 1980, 40 years ago. Wow. 40 years ago. Uh, and, and on that day, Arsenal scored two goals on the break. <laughs> 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 the second goal, both of them were really goalkeeping. Tottenham had a goalkeeper called Kendall who was shit. And uh, they were both goalkeeping errors, really. But the, the, uh, they were both assists by Graham Ricks. Uh, he played a, a cross in for Price, and the, the goalie in the centre back got a bit spursy, and Price nipped in and headed it in. And then late in the game, he had a forty-yard ball for Stapleton, and he ran in. And he, when he got to the ball, he realised the goalkeeper was on the edge of his box, so he just lobbed it over him. Oh, lovely! It was a classic case of made his mind up for him. And I remember it well because I remember after the game. Uh, it was the only time after a football match that I've been charged by a police horse. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it, That's not good. It massively kicked off. It kicked off so badly on St. Thomas's Road that there were so many fights going on. It was hard to know who you were fighting. Yeah, well, you didn't know. No one was wearing any colours, right? And then you couldn't see who was who. And the police didn't know what was happening. And I was on St. Thomas's Road and suddenly... One copper was surrounded by all these fans and they turned on him and he was kind of kicking out and trying to fend them off. And then when the when the reinforcements arrived, the guy in front of me and the guy behind me both got nicked. They got hit on the head with truncheons that sound like this. They sound oh. exactly like that. <laughs> and then the police horses came, four police horses came and one of them caught me on the shoulder. I was 14. I was on my own. 
and and I jumped over a fence and ran through the flats and about halfway up St Thomas's Road and I went into the next street over and uh, there was nothing going on there. Everyone was just walking to the tube. And the, the, what, what I do remember before I managed to escape it all <laughs> was there was a skip full of rubble from some building work going on in one of the houses. Oh, that's good stuff to leave around. Uh, oh, people were picking up. <laughs> we're, just, we're just tooling up with bricks. <laughs> And I saw someone standing a few feet from me throw a brick at a police horse, oh. hit the police horse on the back of the, on the sort of haunches, throwing bricks at coppers, throwing bricks at one another. A proper riot. And then years later, I earned enough money to buy myself a house in Islington when I needed a skip. And I was... <laughs> When you get the permit from the council, it says your skip must be covered over on Arsenal match days. <laughs> <laughs> what with? Corrugated iron? A legislation that came in the morning <laughs> after that game, yeah. I presume. Yeah. Came in on the 31st, or probably the first Monday, the 1st of September, d- 1980. Uh, I don't think a sheet of plastic is going to stop the hardened football hooligan, though, is it? <laughs> no, but, uh, no. Yeah, but, but I get your uh, point. Yeah. It might, if it have been really tied down it yeah. might have done but they were helping themselves just helping oh, themselves to, are, to bricks are we <laughs> I hate to bring, um are we surprised what happened at Millwall yesterday and I've oh, got to say wow. that didn't sound like a minority to me that sounded like a hell of a lot of people it did sound quite loud yeah. that was not but if if it was going the, to happen the booing, the booing of the players taking the knees yeah. uh, it was that was bad yeah, man I mean, Jesus it's just what it's is it easier about to. That club? Well, it's, uh, look. Well, not the club. It won't just those fans. It's yeah, not, you don't it won't, blame the club. It won't. It won't. It won't. Presumably now, it won't. It won't just be them, especially the noise that's been created around it, and it's just a skewering of the mis- the deliberate sort of willful misunderstanding of the message uh, and the reason for doing it is um, it's too disappointing to go into on. Oh, no. <laughs> On a on a on a on a podcast like this, really. Yeah. But really, as football fans, if you just if you don't agree with it, to then tr- disrespect things the other way, I just think is I think is just yeah, disappoint, super disappointing. Um, and the it's, it's it's days like that where it's just better to just shut off your social media or shut off the news and not get not get involved in it. It's, an, yeah, it's, it's, it's a conversation I can have for a very very long time. But look, just for, like. It's about saying no to. It's about standing up for racism. It's not about mm. Black Lives Matter or whether whether they're a Marxist movement or not, which is garbage in the first place. But it is about saying no to racism, making a stand, having role models, keeping the topic of respect in the front, on on the front line, and to t- to t- to turn it into something smaller than that. To try and needle to try and zoom in on uh, and making it a political issue is is willful, mm. um, unfortunate, and unnecessary. I think. I mean, look, you'll see that we get this every year. Today, it's worth pointing out today that today was the Ra- the Rainbow Laces campaign as well, um, which Arsenal um, always participate in, and the same, you know. Not the same, but nonsense comes out about that as well. So yeah, I've seen some of that too. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I just hope, I hope and expect it won't happen at Arsenal. 
I see what you mean, Kate. We, no. you know, we've all we've all grown up with um, with kind of Millwall and their reputation, but they're not on their own. They're not on their own with it, and there'll be people like there'll be people like that um, in every club. And I hope it doesn't happen. At, I hope it doesn't happen at Arsenal. Well, look, the thing yeah. is, the fact the fact of the matter is, let you know, there are places in uh, the world where racists gather, and uh, one of them is the the new den, and. Uh, it's not the place where where everybody's a racist, but it's a place where there are a lot of racists. And it's a place where people are very happy to kick back and wind up and provoke and try and get a reaction. And, and, it's, and I think you're right, T. It would be silly to pay too much attention because mm. uh, you're just given... You're just giving people what they need. A lot of the time, you know, people are just a lot of the trolling online is just for people wanting to kick back yeah. and and be and wind up people and and any sort of response that's absolutely delighted about. But uh, I didn't expect to divert to this topic well, in the middle of uh, yeah. in the middle of uh, spot the commentary. Well, I was quite looking. The... I've got. A, Let's go back I've to got spot a, the commentary. Then. Come I've on, got we've got one more. Cracking goal here lined up for you. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. I feel like let's, it's a bit of a gear change. Um, but here we go. Uh, and I hope I only hope that you can hear the bastard thing. <laughs> <laughs> Going to have to change my uh, speaker arrangements for next week. Here we go. Lempar. Ball. Beautiful ball for Campbell. Can he finish it off? Superb second goal, Kevin Campbell. Right, Anders Limpar, Campbell passes yes. it. Mm. Limpar through to Campbell. Do you remember it? Limpar through. No, no, can't. I don't. Uh, no. No. Swindon Town. I won the other week. I'll go Swindon Town. We ain't going to win no. it. We ain't going to win the. We minute. got. We've drawn. And it's an absolute goal. draw this week. It's really. F- In a way, it's fitting. <laughs> <laughs> No, no shots on target from No our... shots on target. <laughs> I bet Stoney and David are listening to this a lot ago. No, I knew it. I no. Knew it. I mean, I, I, actually, it's probably not a goal. It's from, again, it's a 2 0 win uh, from Arsenal over Tottenham uh, in the 91 92 season. Wow. Um, right, yeah. And as came off the bench, um, he only allowed two subs in those days, of course. And played a through ball for Kevin Campbell. Ian Wright had gone and had scored the first goal from a pass, a nice through ball by David Hillier. Not not his, normally his forte, wow. but he put he played him in and right. Uh, guess where right he put the ball? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't be in that square shaped object. Uh, between the keeper's legs. No. He just <laughs> fired it between the keeper's legs, very very suddenly and unexpectedly. And but he got injured in doing it. He got oh. clattered by someone as he, and you know he's so slight and little, right? Wasn't he? So anyway, Limpar came on and played in Campbell, and uh, and Arsenal won the game two 0 I got a, I had a tweet on the, uh, our Twitter feed. Uh, listener is at not you Bentley. Uh, we're up to a sizable following of nine thousand now. Mm. Uh, 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 our email, if you want to email us, is uh, Podcast at gmail.com. I had a tweet from someone, and I apologise to this person because I can't remember their Twitter handle. I can't remember what it was, but we got we had a little to and fro about the impact that Ian Wright had on the 91 championship team. And his point was that when Ian Wright arrived, 
it unsettled uh, the forward line and we got subsequently Limpar played less matches. We got less out of him. Kevin Campbell was coming on as a striker and he ended up having to play wide. Alan Smith got less goals, blah, 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 blah. And I took issue with him and said, you know, the reason why we didn't follow up our amazing championship win of 1991 in 92 was nothing to do with Ian Wright, who got 31 goals and won the Golden Boot. In fact, we scored, I think, 10 more goals in the 92 season than we had in the 91 season. The issue was at the back. And in 91, we conceded 18, which is an incredible record, a club record. And, and in 92, we conceded 47. In 91, we, let in, we lost one match. In 92, we lost eight. And the problems were at the other end. And we had, in, in that match, uh, Adams wasn't playing and we had uh, Linnigan and Bowl playing together. But for whatever reason, that intensity mm. that they had from 89 that carried through into the 91 season, I think Thomas and Rowcastle were both, Rowcastle's knee had gone, hadn't it, really? And he got sold that summer to Leeds. Thomas got sold. Liverpool. It might already have gone. We yeah. went to Liverpool, didn't he? And he won the cut with them in, in 92. So there were changes afoot. He didn't trust Paul Davis anymore. There, there were problems. It was no, it was nothing to do with Ian Wright. And I still and I do slightly feel like it's a little bit of a myth around, yeah. Yeah. around the club that when Wrighty turned up, we were champions. But he only added to the firepower. He made us all the more dangerous. We scored even more goals. But the problems that we had were not in the forward line mm. and they were not concerning Ian Wright. The problems were at the back where we conceded 47 goals compared to 18. I remember, I mean, there, was an, I remember there was an interview, and it's certainly in Alan Smith's uh, biography. Um, I said that like I read it. I just remember someone else telling me that. But no, I remember hearing an interview where Alan Smith saying how, through no fault of Wrighties, that he became unsettled and how he became unsure of himself. Um and but he also was at pains to say that it wasn't Wrighty's fault that he felt like that. Um, and right and Wrighty from start to finish was nothing but you know um, a shot in the arm and a and, and and a joy to have at the club. So, uh, but I do agree with you that it has become because I guess people often say the same about uh, Kevin Campbell as well. Just having we're having someone so effervescent coming into the team, effervescent coming into the team. Um, upset the balance but um yeah certainly wasn't the case it just added to added i mean to and also the, the thing is it's, i mean you know we did go on and win a, a league and cup double we won a european trophy we've made a final the following year in the cup winners cup yeah but in so, the league in mate, the league it fallen no, away. It had fallen there was away, a yeah. there was a serious drinking culture yeah and and the and the height was reached in 89 and 91 and they never challenged for the title. They could have won it in 92. They started badly. They shipped too many goals. They lost games at the beginning of the season. They weren't on it. And if you read Adam's book, he says that in 93, they decided to go for the Cups. Yeah. They couldn't really face the week in, week out. Manchester United won the league that year. They'd started to really become a force with Alex Ferguson. And they didn't feel like they could compete. So in the league, I think we finished about tenth or something. Mm. I mean, we were nowhere near it. We were thirteenth. And then in the following in year, they decided in '93. And then the following year, they decided let's win this European trophy. Mm. So they went for that. Yeah. So you're there as a season ticket holder. We were sitting in the lower west stand with the, with the wall in front of us, passing the coin along, 
And then, <laughs> and what was it? If it was a goal kick, you got to keep the money, and then you got another coin out or something. No, I can't, we had invented no, some no, game to pass the, the time. The, the, the thing was, <laughs> no, you passed the coin, and on the final whistle, whoever had the coin in front of them won the pound. That's how it went. That was so, it. If, yeah. and it, and it moved along every time there was a goal kick or a call. Yeah, and, it, and this is you. T- <laughs> this is that you, was our entertainment. This is you two, Stony Patrick was going with you in those days, right? Yeah, it might have been Simon. Yeah, it might have been Simon. Stony came in. Stony came in and took Patrick's. Actually, so, but, but, but it so, got so it, bad it, the entire row along the West Stand was actually playing that game with us. So sometimes you never even see the pound coin. Because it just went all the way. Right that isn't there. true. That isn't true. <laughs> that isn't true. The bloke next next to Simon was stoned out of his, off his tit. Can you blame him? Can you blame him? <laughs> all right, I'm going to wrap up this uh, miserable evening's entertainment with uh, <laughs> with, a, with a guess the line-up. Uh, and I had a good oh, one. <laughs> We're so crap at this. It's just... No, you won't be crap. No. The last time... Arsenal won away at Tottenham. Do you remember it? Ah. It was twenty. It was twenty fourteen, and the goal was scored. There was a one nil win. Thomas Rizicki. The goal was scored. It was a spectacular goal. Second yes. minute or something. Uh, scored right, right at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and we did. We did nothing for the rest of the entire. But we held on. So, are you prepared to have a stab at the uh, Arsenal lineup? I am going to start things off with. Um... Thomas Rizicki. <laughs> Thomas Rizicki, yes. Thomas Rizicki. I'm going yeah. in with Thomas Rizicki. Well, yeah, okay. He was Chesney there. Chesney in goal. Chesney in goal. Chesney in goal, yes. Clichy left back. Right. Uh, no. Song? No. Sanya. Left, left Sanya. back. Uh, Sanya, Sanya, right back. Koscielny. Yes. Mertesacker. Yes. So who's the left back that day? Bellerin? Um, no. no um, Bellerin? No, no, it's at school. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> English. Who would be in English? English. Not left back. Don't look it up, T. I see you. Me? Not, not the, yeah. Not I'm looking, you look like. I'm looking not at the ground. You look, no, I'm looking you at look the ground. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you look like. Easy, yeah. You've got that look on your face. Yeah. When you see someone driving and you know they've got their phone in their lap. <laughs> That's what you look like. <laughs> oh, you mean here. somebody in the pub quiz. That's what Kieran Gibbs. Kieran Gibbs. Kieran Gibbs. That's the back four. Midfield, Riziki, obviously. Yeah. Um, did we in 14? Yeah, Santi Gazzola. Um, God's chess piece is gone. Was Giroud playing? In... Sh- uh, Giroud did play, yeah. Did play. Yeah. Did Podolski play? Podolski, yeah. Wow. Podolski, it's only you've only got two left, two players left. Midfielders, two midfielders left. Arteta. Yep. All right. It's always bloody Arteta. Arteta. The last few weeks has been Arteta. It's always been Arteta. It's been I've been selecting from about 2012 to 2014 for some reason. Ramsey, Ramsey, Ramsey and Arteta. No, it was the Ox. Okay, well that's not bad going today. Yeah. It was He's the going to go the subs now, isn't he? Do you want to do the subs? Um, who would we have had on the bet? Martinez. <laughs> you got to, uh, you got to think. Uh, the reserve goalie was Fabianski. Yeah, you got to think. There, we're holding a one-nil lead. So who's he going to bring on? Wenger, no fool. 
going to bring on some defenders, defensive midfielders, some people who like a snappy tackle. Oh, he's going to bring on either Denilson or or it's, Coquelin. It's going to bring on uh, that sort. Well, that sort. someone who's probably going to get booked, even though they're only on for twenty minutes. Right, we didn't have Shaka by then, did we? No, oh, right. Flamini. 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 And there's one Spaniard came on and one Belgian came on. Well, Ireland's the Belgian. Yeah, yeah from Ireland. And the Spaniard would have been... Can anyone I can think of is Perez? No, no, no. Nacho Monreal. Nacho Monreal. <gasps> did you see that great Nacho Monreal interview? Actually, I did think of you when I was reading it, where he was like saying how he gave everything to the club, and I was thinking, there's a man who disagrees with everything <laughs> you're <laughs> saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not. He didn't try it. Just he didn't know where to stand. Uh, the Tottenham. The, the bench is interesting. Uh, the corporal's on the bench, as you can imagine. He always seems to be, and Sonogo. But also on. A, and the, uh, looking at a list here, where there are seven subs. The bottom sub on our list, the number 44, is Serge Gnabry. <laughs> and, the, and the bottom sub on their list, the number 37, is Harry Kane. Oh. Yeah. Well, nothing, uh, nothing that came of those two. Uh, yeah, and also on their bench is Kyle Walker, who they sold for 54 million. Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Brad Friedel. And in their first team, Hugo Lloris. I didn't realise oh, he'd been there as yeah. long as that, but he has. Ericsson. Uh, Ericsson, uh, Rose. A few of the old uh, Egyptian waiters, Chadley, uh, <laughs> Ben Taleb, Kabul, a few of the old Egyptian... <laughs> I miss them. The, I miss uh, them. Uh, yeah. You know, the Gareth Bale money went and then they bought a load I of I really shit. miss Ben Taleb. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Andros Tazen and uh, in wearing the number 10 shirt of Tottenham was Addy Bywell oh. Alan Ooh. when you interviewed Wenger did you have a mm-hmm. you know listen don't quote me on this I couldn't put it in the book and listen never breathe a word did he tell you anything obviously you can't tell me but no did he nothing oh there's no nothing. off the record sweat no Promise to die in a cellar full of rats. Don't tell anyone. No, no, no. He no. went through an entire media round, forward, <laughs> forward, defensive, forward defending anything spicy. Oh, oh just uh, it's hey, a shame. He had it locked down like the Maginot line. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was hoping that you'd go one day, listen, when we're in the pub, you're never going to believe this, but this happened. <laughs> well, the thing was, he, you know, he's always said, oh, one day I'll do a book. And we all thought, oh, he's going to do a book where he writes, he's got a diary, he's written it all down of all the cheating and the... And uh, actually, no, oh. he did, did not a thing. Maybe we'll get a director's cut one day. Come on, we can't leave it on that, but you know, is there a ray of sunshine? Is there something we can cling on to? The fans are back in the stadium. Yeah, fans will be back in the stadium, yeah. yeah we'll take that. Fans back in the stadium. stadium. Uh, we got... Um, Which are, they'll probably leave early, 10 minutes towards the end anyway. So We've got relegation dogfight ahead. That's something to look forward to. The season won't peter out. Mm-hmm. So these are uh, reasons to be cheerful, Keith. We've got uh, Manchester City coming up in the quarterfinals of the uh, whatever it is. Needs. There I you think go. The only, the only club who feel more miserable than us yeah. is uh, Cel- Celtic. <laughs> That's very true. It's not much. Uh, of they a have had a they've had a long, long time on Easy Street mm. picking up every trophy. 
Brendan Rogers got out of there at the right time. Oh, he pressed that eject to uh, button, didn't he? Steven Gerrard is doing an, in, an incredible job. And they're unbeaten in 24. They're top of the league. And Celtic are second. And they are suffering at, at least as much as, much as, as, we, as are. we are. Yeah. At the moment, I'm just looking at this. We do this, you know. We know this goes out obviously on a on a Tuesday, uh, and uh, but at the moment, Liverpool are a goal up against Wolves, so That's... this is a little crumb of comfort for Arsenal supporters. <laughs> it's a Tottenham a joint top with Liverpool, but Tottenham have got a massive goal difference, fourteen plus fourteen, and uh, so they will be top whatever happens tonight, unless Liverpool win nine nil, which has happened in their lifetime. But I don't think it's going to happen against Wolves. Mm. Um, Leicester City got another win today, so they've knocked uh, they've knocked Man U and Man City out of the top four. Uh, looking at our end of the table, um, <laughs> I think the only teams that are below Arsenal are Brighton, Fulham, Burnley, West Brom, and Sheffield United. And I think we need to worry about Burnley and Sheffield United. Yes, <laughs> yeah. like these these two teams. I've got serious-minded managers and are underperforming. Absolutely. And, and also, have, we, going back to the Europa League, record. you know Madrid might drop down in the Europa League. Into Europa. Madrid might, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Their group is wide open. The Inter Milan, Real Madrid group is wide open. One of them could be AC Milan are in it as well. Yeah. And, and Tottenham, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd love a two-leg tie against Jose Mourinho. <laughs> Can you imagine it? No, it's not as much as he would. But uh, we're six points uh, ahead of Fulham. We're seven points off the drop zone. Um, where the two, the three teams in the bottom three have won two games between them, and they really do look like they are all going to. I mean, it does already look like three from four. There are three teams worse than us, and we'll hang on to that. There are three teams worse than us, and that, Keith, that that's that crumb of comfort is your silver line. That's a silver line. That is the <laughs> ray of sunshine. Oh. Uh, we play Dundalk Thursday uh, mm-hmm. on Thursday away. I would love to be in Ireland. Oh, I love nothing be more. Great, wouldn't than, it? What a trip. I really uh, hello to all the Dundalk fans. I hope you get some people in the ground. I'm sorry we're not in your pubs drinking your Guinness and uh, putting a bit of money into the local economy. We, we would have loved to have come. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, very sad that we can't be there. Uh, but that is the game. Uh, next up for us, it's a five to six kickoff on Thursday, oh, and then we've got uh, we've got home games a go go. We play Burnley at home, Southampton at home. Then we go to Goodison. Then we got Man City in the League Cup quarter final, Chelsea on Boxing Day, and Brighton away in a relegation six pointer. How many of them are at the seven? 29th. How many of them are at seven thirty on a Sunday? Uh, Burnley is seven fifteen on a Sunday. That hurts. That hurts. Uh, South Southampton. Is it six o'clock on a Wednesday? What? That is. So what's that? About? That has hurt my pride. That hurts my pride. That hurts my pride more than today. It's six, six o'clock, o'clock on a Wednesday kickoff. Oh, and they want yeah. fans. They want what? So the two thousand fans. Like, have all like it's a uh, like it's a three day week. I mean, why don't they just play eleven <laughs> o'clock in the morning? Oh, I thought. I thought things. I thought things had got as bad as they were when. And look, I like Don Goodman. Right, I enjoyed him as a player. I enjoy his hair. I enjoy his commentary, but Don Goodman 
at 7.30 on a Sunday has a distinct whiff of EFL about it, doesn't it? It just basically uh, well, turns around. He's ex-Wolves, isn't he? He's ex-Wolves. He's a good pundit. and he, he, was, he actually he reined it in quite well as he watched Wolves win at Arsenal, which has never happened in his Bill, lifetime. Bill Murray, <laughs> Bill Murray and Don Goodman is Fulham-Brentford 12 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. And that's well, where we are now. Well, we've got Southampton at six o'clock, and then on the 29th of December, we've got Brighton at six o'clock as well. So oh. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we might we might be able to get a ticket for one of these, so that's something to look forward to. I'm in. We'll reconvene after two thumping wins against Dundalk and Burnley. I shall speak to you then. All right, lads. Ta-da. Cheers out. Cheers, Keith. Cheers, mate.